thought we all might have a good time, you know? Private Suite Magazine podcast. Today we have a very special guest joining us. His name is Mesh. He's a very talented producer. He makes vaporwave, signal wave, and traditional plunderphonic style music. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. No problem, my friend. No problem. I'm very excited to have you here. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? It has. It has. We've planned on doing this a number of times, but uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, I'm good at pushing back interviews but we're here, we're here now yeah was it what december maybe yeah i think sometime last year and then this whole crazy thing happened yeah this whole crazy situation crazy times we're living in right now yeah how's kentucky um we got you know the cases here are in the hundreds mm-hmm. i know that much but uh, we're doing you know me and my family we're doing what we can to stay safe and be responsible mm-hmm and not not cough in other people's faces. So that's helpful. It is, yeah. I mean, I've seen some crazy videos online. People yeah. spreading that shit intentionally. Oh, I've seen a few of those. People in supermarkets taking swigs out of Gatorades. And, yeah. yeah. Oh god. One I, one guy who was doing it got busted. He, it was a it was fake, but he got arrested or something for posting a video of him <laughs> in like Jesus. a Walmart or a Target. Mhm. Walking around claiming he has coronavirus. So. Oh, and just touching everything, right? Yeah. So don't do that, kids. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Dan Mason will call the cops on you, and you will be arrested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you know that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, he's only to start the Dan Mason narc jokes already. He, he calls the cops on us all the time. That's unfortunate. Yeah, especially me. I don't know why. It's got something... You've been smoking the weed. Smoking that green, that hippie hay. (laughs) You like that one, hippie hay? Hippie hay, I like that. Yeah. I've got some of it right here. Nice. Okay, so yes, welcome, welcome, Mesh. I'm so pleased to have you here. There's a lot to unpack today on this show. There's uh, quite a history of musical production on your bell, isn't there? There is. It goes back uh, almost 20 years now, which is hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. And not, not just like tinkering around, like, you know, releases that you have on Discogs, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it started definitely back in like high school as, as tinkering around. But I mean, within a year, I, I was constructing songs and, you know, I work fast, you know, <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. opened a can of worms. I started messing around in like cakewalk sonar, making weird edits you know maybe yeah. you've seen that weezer 
EP I put out back in like 2001 or something like that. No. Oh, I've read about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just something stupid I was doing for my girlfriend at the time. Okay. And is that not to get too personal, but is that who you're currently seeing or you have your wife, I guess, suppose? No, I met my wife about 10 years ago. Oh yeah. Cool. Does she like Vaporwave? Uh, She enjoys some of it. Yeah. She's got like, I hear my tracks pop up in her playlist all the time on Spotify. Oh, cool. Uh, she's really, she's really into negative Gemini. Mm-hmm. She bought up all the negative Gemini vinyl and yeah. yeah. I think Electronicon was a big turning point for her because she got to meet all these people that I've mentioned in passing and, and, you know, finally she's putting faces with the names and she had a great time and Afterward, she's like, all right, time to get upstairs, start working on your new album. We need to have a new album out by this summer. Yeah. Like, whoa, when did you become my manager? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <clears throat> yeah, Negative Gemini is great. I have uh, her records too. Bad Baby. I like that tr- drum and bass edit she has on that one song. Oh, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. She, she played it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Georgie cool. Boy, too. Yo, yeah, for sure. That was so cool that uh, seeing them at the, the 360 VR uh, concert. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they did a, uh, one of their streams like a couple of weeks back. It was like a 360 video. Mm-hmm. And you could look around and see, like, I know James from Death's Dynamic Shroud was being interviewed. Yeah. And, like, who was their IT person? It's incredible how they get all this stuff set up. Yeah, it's very cool. They certainly had the resources for it and the yeah. hardware. Right. Yeah, that was really cool, man. Hopefully we see more of those. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see you at one of those, eh? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So uh, let me get into these questions here. So yeah, what is this whole mesh project? Um, like, what are, you, what are you trying to do with it? It's a good question. I started it, as I'm, I think mentioned, uh, back in high school. And I mean, that was, this was back in like 2001. Um, and it just kind of started out uh, as doing little trippy, weird edits of existing songs, which is funny because it seems I've come full circle. That's what I've been doing the past five years. <laughs> but <laughs> Crazy. So remember that, guys, I was doing, I was doing Vaporwave back in 2001. That's right. Yeah. Um, no, it, I mean, they were just, you know, weird edits and whatnot, but I, I became obsessed in my senior year in high school and into college, it just kind of took over. I started writing songs and that's all I could think about and all I could focus on. Um, caught the bug. I caught the bug. Yeah, college was kind of a bust because of it. It was just, mm-hmm. you know, timing. But um crazy. Yeah, so why why is that exactly? Like what in your life happens? What experiences did you have that made you say, okay, this is the direction I got I'm going with it? Well, I've always had kind of an artsy background. I was in uh, the visual arts magnet at Manual High School. And, um, you know, I've always been way into music. And so the minute I figured out I can just start doing all this myself, I, I was just all about it. Mm-hmm. No stopping me. Crazy. So did you ever perform or anything like that? Like, oh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I was, I'm a drummer. So I, yes. I was drumming in bands. So yeah, we had we had shows all the time around town. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of little hole in the wall venues, some bigger, um, but yeah. So I, I'm I'm no stranger to performing on stage. However, you know, as far as electronic music goes, that's a whole different ball game for me. Mm-hmm. 
Because that's yeah, a little so, early for that sort of type of experimental sound. Oh yeah, it, it was definitely yeah. crazy. But, uh, it's a lot easier uh, performing on the stage, in my opinion, when you have four or five other people up there with you to take some of the distraction. Oh yeah, de- definitely. <laughs> you. I'm a singer, you know, so uh, I, I feel you there for sure. Oh wow, yeah. I don't know. If I, I'm terrified of even doing karaoke. So yeah, it's just not my personality. So. <laughs> Karaoke is a little different. Like when you've written the music, you know, you're like, I'm fucking playing my shit. Yeah. Like you get really, really hyped up. Nowhere right. near as hyped up when I'm doing karaoke. Oh God. <laughs> right. You know, my own lyrics and all that. Anyway. So yeah. The, and what, do you, what is like the purpose behind your project? Like, I know you've kept the same name all these years, for example. Yeah. It just kind of stuck and I still like it which is crazy. Um, Numesh. I think it's one of those things where (laughs) I get, I get Numesh, I get Enmesh. Yeah. I I thought it was Enmesh for a long time. One, one guy in a YouTube video said Nimish. Ooh, that's a unique take. That's a new one. Okay. All right. But, uh, yeah, it's Nimish. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those names that it it, it means absolutely nothing. It's a bogus name Mm. that, Back when I was searching for an alias, back in like high school, I figured, you know, if I'm going to start releasing stuff, I need a good name. Went through a couple different names. I'm not going to repeat them here because <laughs> I don't know, kind of embarrassing. But uh, I had a band name called Parting is Such Sweet Sorrow once. That's the a mouth. The, the, well, it's a Shakespeare, Shakespearean line. So it wasn't original, but also the acronym for that is PISS. So, <laughs> so that was great. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so this was a band you were in? Yeah, yeah. I played a whole bunch of shows. There's actually videos online of me playing oh, guitar and singing. On your, on your flyers, did it just say like P.I.S.S. Or did you actually spell out parting with such people? Sorry. We, I, we always spelt it out. I, was, I, I, I loved abbreviations though. Like I was into Protest the Hero, PTH, Between the Bird and Me, BT Bam, like so uh, that was my thing. And then I ended up not being able to, but we stuck with that name anyway. So right. yeah, maybe I'll link one of those videos. If anyone wants to have a real laugh, like I was in my emo days too. I was, I had black hair and I think I was wearing makeup. It was great. <laughs> yeah. There's some, uh, there's some videos I put up um, on my YouTube channel. They're kind of buried. I don't know how many people have seen them, but it's from my, my days playing in metal bands and all these yeah. home movies that I made with my band mates and it's absolutely ridiculous and really nobody should watch yeah. that. But, but sounds like some, been... some great quarantine, um, uh, watching. Yeah. Or, uh, t- to consume the time with, you know, yeah. everybody's so bored. They're like, Oh, Netflix is boring now. I, don't know. I got nothing. I haven't do. been that bored. I've been keeping busy just doing all sorts of projects. I haven't even had time to watch Tiger King. Oh yeah. I'd say don't. Don't. <laughs> He, I don't know, man. He's kind of the whole thing is just weird. I, 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 I haven't seen it, but I'm, I'm glad I haven't. But I, yeah. I have a coworker who's on my side at least. He said, "Don't watch it." There's a documentary. Do you know Louis Thoreau? Uh, I'm not sure. Louis Thoreau. Mm-hmm. He does. He's a British dude. He does a lot of documentaries. Uh, they're fantastic. Definitely check out if you, if you like just off the cuff documentaries, like really, really well researched and kind of like he puts himself out there like i find the journalism to be much better than vice but not unlike how vice would go into like a gang 
members like den and interview them like it's pretty scary stuff so yeah. he he has an interview with this tiger king guy and it's just like animal abuse up the wazoo i'm just like oh god i don't why yeah. why are people glorifying this oh it's it's entertaining and, and their family's all weird and everybody's weird i'm just like yeah that's it's just cool, cool it's cool i just guess like i don't know <laughs> i don't know TV. <laughs> yeah but you, you you might enjoy it I don't want to shit on it too much. My wife was like, you can get so much samples from this. I'm like, I'm sure, I'm sure. You could probably get in trouble for sampling Tiger King though. Yeah, that's one of the big ones right now, for sure. Early recent, so yeah. That's not a safe thing yet. You'd have to 3D blast it. (laughs) That's that's what I like to say when I... That's the first time I've ever said it, but I'm going with it. When I say you should chop it up enough so that nobody knows what the samples were. Oh, well, I'm pretty good at doing that. So you should mesh it, guys. Yeah. What am I saying? I got you right here with me. What am I talking? About? <laughs> you should mesh it, y'all. Just mesh it all up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, where was I before? So metal drumming, live performances, and the whole thing. So okay, so when did you did you have the same sound from 2002 to 2010 or so, whenever it was when you switched to vapor? Uh, you took a little bit of a break there, um, right? Yeah, there's been various breaks throughout the years. It's hard to pin each one. Um, but I don't know. I've been all over the place, really. I've kind of gone through phases. The first thing I ever released as an actual mesh project was called Peel Blue Equinox. And it was this 80 minute long DJ mix that I spent like an entire year, maybe a year and a half working on when I was in high school. Um, and it's so close to what I'm doing now, it's ridiculous because it's almost 20 years old. Mm. Um, but you know, I mentioned almost come full circle here. At the time, you know, I'm just listening to just like a ton of Future Sound of London and Warp Records and just uh, not crazy experimental music, but you know, electronic music that definitely is kind of on the experimental cusp, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, and I was really inspired by it and. I just wanted to make music essentially that you could just like drop acid and listen yeah. to. <laughs> Although I don't recommend that necessarily because some scary some, stuff sometimes. Yeah, there's some scary. <laughs> it, gets, it gets pretty intense in parts. Yeah, yeah. For real. yeah. I made an album in 2004 called Absolute Hell, and the sole intention of this album was to emulate a bad trip. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey, if nobody like jumps out a five-story window and listening to this, then I haven't done my job. <laughs> but just really like dark and a fucked up way to think about things. But I don't know. Producing an album. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a lot of, I don't, I don't want to call it pop music by any means, but dancey kind of stuff. Midway through the 2000s, I was really getting into house music and deep house. So I tried my hand at that. Um, chill out music, trip hop. So there was a period in the 2000s where my music almost sounded a little normal, <laughs> if you can believe that. Um, but then, you know, eventually I got back to my roots. <laughs> so do you think you're going to transform a little bit and then 20 years from now, come back to your, to your roots again? We'll see. Right now, I'm just, I'm going for full on 100% experimental, you know, nice. whatever I do going forward. It's going to be probably the usual mind fuck. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of, well, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I do have some things lined up, some projects 
Yeah, uh, should we should we talk about that? Should we just get right into that new stuff? Or I mean, <laughs> there's not a whole lot to say about the songs I'm writing currently because it's all just a, a work in progress right now. Mm-hmm. Ideas are all over the place. It's all kind of scattered. There's no one cohesive album that I am putting together right now. It's 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 probably going to wind up being a number of projects just I'm simultaneously working on different things. But mm-hmm. but I feel like. You know, kind of the direction that New Wave went to, to Dream Sequence, to Pharma, whatever comes after this is going to be just, I don't know. It's hard to tell right now. A lot of times I'll sit down with the intention of doing something like really psychedelic or experimental, and I then wind up writing like a straight techno track. I don't, that happens all the time. Like yeah. the stuff, the songs I did for Doom Trip so far, they always turn out into like techno. Mm-hmm. So I'm more- need to like get it out of my system and just make a full out techno music (laughs) well speaking of doom trip um let's talk about that record a little bit doom trip four i believe just came out recently yeah yeah amazing compilation Mm -hmm. i have doom trip one kicking around here somewhere oh no two the blue one i think it's Mm -hmm. two kicking around here somewhere um that's some really cool stuff so how did you we'll go on a little bit of a tangent here for a moment how did you get involved with that project? Uh, well, uh, Zach from Doom Trip, nicest guy ever, by the way. Shout out, Zach. I think he reached out to me back in the day. Mm. It, it's funny because, you know, and, and trust me, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about <clears throat> Old English Spelling Bee, but he was telling me all about Doom Trip and what an amazing label it was, and he thought I would be a good fit for it. Um, but I hadn't talked to anybody at the label yet or anything. Yeah. Somewhere over Twitter, I guess we started talking, me and, uh, and Zach, and uh, he invited me on the third Doom Mix compilation. So I, I wrote a track for that, and uh, he loved it. It seemed to get a lot of good reception. And so he invited me on the fourth one as well. And it's a pleasure each time he asked me to, to be involved. Nice. Very yeah, cool great. song, too. Thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Checked it out. Um Oh, fuck. What was I going to say? I don't know if anybody noticed what the, the samples I got for, uh, what is it, some cool uh, 15KV distribution, the new song on Doom Trip. But I've been going through all these Andy Sedaris movies. Do you know who Andy Sedaris is? Um, is it an actor or director? He's a director. And he directed movies like Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Oh, dude, that's a, I love that film. God yeah, damn, this and- guy's cool. Yeah, and so all those samples are, they're either cherry-picked from Hard Ticket to Hawaii or Malibu Express. Nice. Or no, I'm sorry, Savage Beach was the other one I watched. But yeah, I've been on kind of a an Andy Sedaris kick. Those movies are nice. just ridiculous yeah. entertaining. Some great 80s comedy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, well, I'll link that Doom Trick record album in the description if anybody wants to check it out. Which you should. Which you should. It is sold out. Tapes are gone, but you can still... He's planning on repressing more, if I read correct. Oh, yeah. Tight. But yeah, you can check out the digital, too. Um, so where was I? Uh, let's go back to your drumming a little bit and your you know, your musical palette uh, growing up. What yeah. were you listening to like when you were younger, then an early teen? And how do you think that influenced the sound that you like to go for? Hmm. Loaded question. Um, I mean, I could go way back to... Let's go back to whatever your parents were listening to. All right. So when I was a kid, I'm talking like three, four years old, 
I was, and I know this is a touchy subject now, but I was obsessed with Michael Jackson. So I used to put on, you know, in the basement, we had a record player down there and I would constantly be putting on Thriller and Bad and just dancing my ass off to that in the basement. Yeah. Um, you cool know, kid, um, yeah. they would play uh, Beach Boys was in constant rotation. The Monkey, trying to think what else. Um, but yeah, I just kind of listened to whatever my parents were listening to. But uh, around the time when I was like six or seven years old, I was listening to the local radio a lot and they have a station uh, it's it's no longer. Was it ninety nine seven WDJX? And of course, they're playing all the the current pop hits and whatnot. And at the time, and you got to remember, I'm in my mid thirties. So at the time, this is like nineteen ninety or so. They're playing all this new Jack Swing. So I was like one of my favorite songs, and still to this day, is by Pebbles. Are you familiar with Pebbles? No, Pebbles. No, I don't think so. No, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, Pebble, Janet Jackson, you know, uh, I went through a, a, a huge MC Hammer phase in second grade. I actually dressed up like MC Hammer for Halloween. My mom sewed the, the hammer pants for me and everything. You do know who MC Hammer is, don't you? Oh, hell yeah. I was, I was just about to say. It got, it got quiet and I was like, oh my gosh, do I got to explain MC yeah, Hammer to yeah, you? Yeah, no. You had the nice pants, tight pants and all that. You had some big pants. Big pants? Oh, I'm thinking of Mick Jagger. Sorry. No, oh yeah, yeah. MC Hammer is yeah. a lot different than Mick Jagger. Yeah, no, he he what what's what's a song by MC Hammer? He had all those uh, like funny songs. He did Too Legit, Can't Touch Me. Can't touch me, yeah. Yeah, that's the one yeah. everybody knows. Cause I think that's what he he sampled was it George Clinton that he sampled? Not George Clinton. No. Not George Clinton. <laughs> I, know, I could be wrong about that. <clears throat> part. But uh yeah, I just I listened to a lot of like New Jack swing and in the pop music that came out in the early 90s mm-hmm. which is funny because that's all come full circle as well with vaporwave oh it, def- it, it definitely has what i was about to say when it got quiet was you're i'm 32 so you're a little older than me and you were i think born at the perfect age to still be able to enjoy that stuff my parents were a little younger i guess so i didn't get any of that in like 80s 80s cool stuff like that yeah, I got the early. Well, all 90s, the, the stuff is cool radio, too. I just, I was just listening to the radio on my own. I used yeah. to kind of fall asleep to the radio at night, and I was just into what was popular at the time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, so so my childhood was filled with pop music. Yeah. I guess you would say. But you know, going into like middle school, I started getting into like Nine Inch Nails and industrial music. Aggressive. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, were you a rebel i was just a nerd yeah <laughs> but i carried around like a picture of trent Reznor in my wallet when i was like in sixth grade nice <laughs> did i just say that yeah i, I guess i did <laughs> that is cool i hope he's listening i doubt he is but that would be crazy <laughs> no I'll, I'll link him to the episode once it's done yeah but anyway no i just uh yeah i got into industrial music and and uh, all sorts of stuff. My mom at the time would listen to Inya and Clannad in the car, mm-hmm. like so listening to uh, Celtic music at the time and mm-hmm. uh, kind of new agey stuff. So I was kind of all over the place at that that point. Yeah. Typo negative. I was huge into typo negative. Don't know typo negative either. Angel, I got, I got some uh, research fire, fire to do. Tools will appreciate that. Yeah. Nice. She's she's a fan as well. But yeah, then like it. 
in middle or not in middle school, but in high school, I started getting into like hardcore music out of coming out of New York, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like, like what bands? Oh, oh, sweet. Uh, well, like, well, as far as like in the hardcore scene, I was listening to like, you know, Snapcase and Earth Crisis and Strife and all those bands. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I still have a sweet spot for that, that whole scene of music. Oh, for it's, sure. it's, it's not a thing anymore. It was definitely a product of the nineties, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, tragic. but yeah, I started getting into everything in high, high school was a turning point for me because I also listened to this radio program. It was on, um, it was a public radio show. They used to play this program called echoes from midnight until six in the morning. And I would have it on while I was sleeping. I wasn't always sleeping. Sometimes I just laid awake in bed, just listening, you know? Oh, wow. That's and, the best uh, time for radio eh? at midnight. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I guess so. Um, I think the BBC has some great stations that play like drum and bass and experimental oh, stuff. Starting sure. at midnight, but uh, yeah, this was all ambient music and kind mm. of uh, you know Eastern, Middle Eastern music and Celtic and uh, space music from the eighties and seventies and Tangerine Dream and all sorts of stuff. And so that really sort of expanded my my horizons there. Your and, your palette was huge and for such a young age. I was so confused. I, tell you, I didn't know I didn't know what I was trying to be because I was like this metal kid when I entered high school and then I started hanging out with a bunch of hippies and then I was listening to like electronic music. I like to joke that I was just like a, a techno hippie in yeah. high school. I don't know what that means, but I was I was wearing like the kickwear and the jinkos and bucket hats, and I had a hemp necklace, but I also had a ball chain necklace, and I had like a thousand bracelets on on each arm. Yeah, that was me. That was me. Super cool. Yeah. So, how did you go from all that different kind of stuff to the very sort of dissonant sound that you had, you know, as your mesh project got started? Well. Like I said, uh, in, in high school, I was introduced to Warp Records and, you know, Aphex Twin, Future Sound of London, you know, all those groups. That was kind of the, the vein of stuff I wanted to work on at the time. Mm. I, was, I guess I was trying to emulate some of it. It didn't wound up sounding like anything, but, it, mm-hmm. uh, but that's just what I was really into. And that's the kind of music that I wanted to make. So I attempted to do so. <laughs> With Trent Reznor cheering you on in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was a little, a little, little earlier. Early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But I did. I mean, I have put out um, entire industrial records as Mesh. One that gets overlooked a lot is called God Awful, and that was from 2009. Um, but I'm still really proud of that record. There's a lot of good cuts in there, I think. Mm-hmm. And I sing on it like on a, like four or five of the songs. And oh, damn! I had my buddy do vocals on a couple where it's like death metal screaming. Sweet. It's a I far cry from what most of my fan base yeah. knows. Yeah. Well, if anyone wants to find out what it sounds like, these other albums, you can go to Mesh's Bandcamp and listen to them. They're all there. They're all there. Pretty much everything. Okay. Inclu- including old demos when I was like in seventh grade. being around recordings? Yeah. I go back. It is a... 1997. Di- Holy cow. Oh, yeah. You're looking at it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, so I want to play, let's play some of your music here, my friend. Sure. What should we play? Let's do your, let's do your first 
song as a Nimesh, Mesh Vaporwave version. Okay. Yeah. From Maybe New Wave? Yeah. It, I mean, if you wanted to, uh, I, I was kind of interested in maybe playing All Night Every Night. Okay. Let's play it. All right. Cool. <laughs> That's all good, man.
Thanks again for coming on the show, man. I think uh, it's good because there's a lot of new people in Vaporwave over the past two years. Oh, yeah. I can't keep You know what I mean? Yeah. Not just artists, too. Like, listeners and consumers. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Fans and all that. So, yeah. Hopefully, we get a few people coming your way. Where do we leave off? Um, shit. <laughs> what was I talking about? Uh, I think we were talking about the transition I took into making the music that I started mm-hmm. making. Is mm-hmm. right? It was. Uh, how did you get into that experimental sound from? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's from your metal and all that. Okay, well, and, and and LSD. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Lots to do with that, that myself, actually. I I really would love to know where to find some right now. It's been years. Oh dang. Uh, yeah, I'm overdue, and I figure, you know, quarantine, come on, this is like the best time to be doing it, I guess. You know, I've I've been thinking that, but then I'm thinking, like, yo, if I go out there and, like, the cops pull me over, sort of, like, I get stopped by the cops just while I'm walking around, because if you're not doing something... Essential. Exactly, then. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm fucked up, man, I don't want to get... <laughs> yeah. I'm like not friends with these people anymore. So I don't know where I'm going to get it anymore. 
Same, I'm in the same boat. I, like I told you, I was yeah. hanging out with a bunch of hippies and it, yeah, there was a shortage of it back in the day. And in high school, it was just, it was all over the place yeah. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now it's like, I don't cheap. talk to anybody anymore. Like, where the heck do I get this? Yeah. You know, like, I never understood those comedies where an old guy like dresses up as a kid, tries to like make it cool with the teenagers and whatever to be able yeah. to get like whatever drug or you know i think they did that and that it's always sunny maybe or some other things possibly yeah well there's a whole movie about it too what is it it's with jacob uh what's that guy the little fat guy who was in super bad oh yeah um, jonah hill jonah hill jonah, jonah hill. hill and that other big jockey guy what's his name they're like undercover oh. cops oh yeah that was um it was based off that old show with johnny depp uh which one was what is that? called something. We should just look it up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let me, let, let me get back here. I'll, I'll, I'll bring us back in somehow. Let me think. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So at what point did it go from the experimental sound to vaporwave? Like I said, you took a little break from uh, producing music during your transition in the sound so what happened there like at that point in your life and all that uh well in the late 2000s um i put out a couple records cloud nine and god awful and then i sort of took a break because i was really involved with this future sound of london forum and we were doing these radio shows on i forget what platform it was but um called terminal radio where we were all just making these like 15 minute ambient mixes and we yeah. put it all together and we'd have guest mixes from everybody at one point i got uh, Mixmaster morris and dj food to come on board oh, wow. and, uh, yeah but that, that lasted about a couple years but uh yeah the story of me discovering vaporwave there was a very specific um time a very specific event that sort of sparked the whole thing oh yeah and what was it i i remember i was living in an apartment uh, with my wife when we were dating. Um, I was just on our computer. I think I was on YouTube, just uh, maybe watching Boards of Canada videos or something like that. And I got a thumbnail suggestion oh. for a video called You Were Gone. And, and the uh, account was EEG Programs. I don't know if you're familiar with this. I've, I've referenced it a whole lot. Um, okay. The guy even wound up emailing me a couple months ago, which is really crazy. But this was sort of like considered proto-vapor because this video came out in 2010, which was, I guess, around the same time that Daniel Lopatin was mm -hmm. uh, doing you know, Chuck Person and he had his whole Sunset Corp YouTube channel. And yes. that was the thing. Because the EEG Programs video, which is amazing, by the way, it samples a Richard Marks song it's just a looped video of these kids flying through the sky. And of course, there's this like grid. And it's, it, it's all very vaporwave before vaporwave was a thing. Okay. But it led me down this whole, like uh, I came across Sunset Corp. And that was before I even knew who One Oh Tricks Point never was or had listened to it. For sure. And I was watching all these videos. Uh, what was it in particular? I think I had it up on the screen here. End of life entertainment scenario. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, that and a couple others. And I was just sitting there. I remember sitting there at the computer, practically drooling. Like, what is this sound? Yeah. And what visuals? And why, why haven't I come across this sooner? Mm -hmm. 
but you know, it was relatively new at the time. So I guess yeah. I was right there at the beginning. But you didn't um, know, right? So you're like, holy shit, how much of this is there? I probably came across it the same way, you know, a bunch of other people did. Just blessed, digging, you know. Blessed by the YouTube algorithm. Exactly. Just going down the wormhole. And yeah. uh, that's what I did. And then, of course, through Sunset Core and, and OPN, I was introduced to Vectroid's early works, you know, under right. all the different pseudonyms, LaserDisc, uh, was it LaserDisc Visions and yeah. Information Desk Virtual. And back then, I remember there was a Mew chart going around of like essential vaporwave releases. And you've seen the charts nowadays. There's just hundreds of hundreds of releases on there. Yeah. Well, back in the day, there was like 12. Yeah. There was like 12 releases. You had Media Fired, you had Skeleton, mm-hmm. you had, uh, I don't even know if Infinity Frequencies was around at that point, but... Um, Maybe Midnight but, Television. Midnight Television, yeah, definitely. Um, and then you had Chuck Person's Echo Jams, you had, you know, Floral Shop, obviously, and a bunch of other Vectroid releases. Well, mm-hmm. I took down every single one of those releases. Nice. Uh, Internet Club, too. I'm, I don't want to forget about Internet Club. Yeah. It was so weird back then. I was getting on these, like, Angel Fire pages. I don't know if you ever went to Internet Club's page back in the day, but it was just, like, one of those old Angel Fire, shitty-looking For sure. websites. But you could download his music from there, and I thought yeah. that was and so yeah that was the starting point for me and Mm -hmm. i man i just i ate it up i was loving every second of it it was it was the sound i needed i just didn't know i needed it you know why do you think that was like why do you think you ate it up so much it's because it it hits my nostalgic sweet spot because it's sampling a lot of tracks from the 80s which i grew up i was a kid in the 80s i was a child of the 80s and and early 90s which this genre tends to focus on sampling from that time period. And then there's this added layer of surrealism and you throw all this reverb over it. And it's just, it was music to totally get spaced out to. And mm-hmm. it was checking all the boxes yeah, for what I wanted to hear at the time. And mm-hmm. for about five, 10 years prior, I started obsessing about my childhood nostalgia in all the different shows and music I was listening to. It was just this weird time when I was just trying to like re-explore mm-hmm. what, what I enjoyed when I was a child. And then this comes along and it was yeah. just like the per- uh, and yeah, the rest is history. I, I, I started making, I, I made my first vaporwave track, which back then I don't even think people were calling it vaporwave. I heard it referred to as echo jams. Mm-hmm. So, uh, making these little echo jams. And the first track I made was A Face Without Eyes, which sampled Billy Idol's Eyes Without a Face. Yeah. I posted it up on like Christmas of 2012, and it got a nice little reception, I guess. And I started making more tracks, and eventually it just became a full-fledged project, which turned into New Wave Hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was my first forte into Vaporwave and that sort of style. And it was intended to be sort of just a one-off project. I didn't consider myself a Vaporwave artist. I was just an electronic musician who decided to do this little side project, but it took off. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tiny Mix wound up writing it up and gave it a four-star review. And uh, I think that just kind of kicked everything into high gear at that point. Nice. How do you think you managed to get so many people to view that release like the exposure was it reddit or i don't know I, it was um because it was written up on uh, tiny mixtapes 
I believe 4chan, you know, mm. they tend to kind of obsess over what Tiny Mixtapes was doing back in the day. So I would sort of lurk. I was never on 4chan, but I I would lurk occasionally and mm. they just seemed to like hate it. They thought it was the worst garbage ever. <laughs> I was I you know, for two years I was just getting attacked on 4chan. Eventually I just got used to it and I was like, eh, whatever. I think yeah. I kind of t- personally in the beginning sure because i was like no no guys you, you got it all wrong but <laughs> you yeah. do it's fucking mew that's amazing but, uh, but yeah it made its rounds that way and i think through reddit as well and just word of mouth and mm-hmm. um and then it got written up back in like 2013 it made end of the year lists uh publications whose name I, escapes me right now and then all of a sudden, like these disc jockeys and stuff playing the stuff on their, their mixed cloud shows. And, um, and then a handful of tracks off a of new wave got played during fashion week of, I believe it was 2013 on, on the runways, like for what is it? Uh, Lacoste and, and, a uh, what is it? Sport? I, I don't remember the names. These are yeah. all, you know, fashion fa- clothing, you know, for sure. Fashion. But it was insane. Like the reception wow. that which started off as just kind of a little fun project. Mm-hmm. And, and so moving on to dream sequence, I had a much better idea of what I wanted to do and I wanted to take it more seriously. Yeah. So I, I spent like an entire year working on this record, um, but it was a less of a focus on pop music and, and more of a focus on lucid dreaming, mm-hmm. you know, it, conceptual, if you will. Um, yeah, I just made that as intricate and detailed and layered as I could. So, you know, I know New Wave, people appreciate that record for what it is, but Dream Sequence was my first really solid effort at making a cohesive Vaporwave album. Mm-hmm. I always thought, because I've you know been doing this for so long, that I had kind of a, an advantage because... I could utilize all these tricks I've learned over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been a stranger to chopping up and editing music. I've, I've been doing that for years. So yeah. this was naturally to me. That was actually my next question, how you found your production experience helped you translate your sound to accommodate Vaporwave. Oh, it was easy. I, one of the programs that I've used, and I mean, it's ancient. I've used it since God, the early 2000s. Um, and it's now Adobe Audition, but there was an older version called Cool Edit Pro oh, 2. Yeah, Cool Edit. <laughs> but I love it, and I still use it to this day. It does everything I need it to do. Wow. And, you know, I've mastered it. I'm comfortable with it. I'm living yeah. in my comfort bubble right now as far as music production goes. Mm-hmm. But, it reminds uh, me of uh, Sony Acid. I used to love that so much. Yeah. And then they stopped supporting it. I never used that. But Cool Edit was nice because I always used that to multi-track my songs. I would record me playing in real time, like parts of, of, of the songs I was writing. And so I would have all these different little sections and I would wound up piecing them together in a multi-track. And then I would just start layering samples and effects and just all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and with Vaporwave, I was almost strictly using Cool Edit for a while. Wow. With with the exception of some other programs, you know, for effects and stuff. But yeah. um but yeah, you know, as far as chopping up and looping everything, it it was cake. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, you certainly knocked it out of the park with dream sequence, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. 
as you can as you can tell from the exposure and you know people seem to pe- like that people right? still talk exactly years later how many years is it six years later five yeah it came out in 2014 i think mm. so that's incredible i'm very happy to be an owner of the vinyl ah well i apologize about the shipping price you must have yeah Oh, like I, was, I said, uh, I guess it was before we started Canada. the show. Yeah, Canada. So not. I don't think it was too bad. But I'm also used to getting shafted on shipping up here <laughs> too. So <laughs> that could be part of it. The, the whole release of Dream Sequence on vinyl was kind of a shit show, but it was really entertaining to sit back and watch because I had no control over yeah. what was happening. <laughs> All right, you know? honey, get the popcorn. Because <laughs> the Amdisc website, I just, I don't think they were prepared for the flood they were about to get when that oh that's that's right yeah, yeah. Up, you know it crashed the website multiple <laughs> times no, yeah. i was getting messages and i'm like i'm sorry man i don't know what to tell you right yeah <laughs> good good luck <laughs> just waited out well did it did it because they had a lot of copies of that record did it sell out yeah well that's i'm confused by that i'll be honest i never knew exactly how many they passed. we never really discussed it it must Amdisc- have been at least a thousand, though. I but don't know. I don't know. You feel like they tell you that? That's weird. Maybe five hundred or something. Might, yeah, five hundred. But a lot of people have it. Let's go on Discogs and see how many people have it in their collections right now. Yeah, let me know. I'm curious. <laughs> I haven't I'm looked. Pull it up. I think but, I have the mini disc as well. Okay. So, oh wow, only a hundred. Only a hundred on Discogs. Well, I don't have it in my collection either. So let me add that. That's the thing about Discogs. You don't really know because people it's don't. Not- they it's don't not remember. entirely accurate because no, yeah. not everybody's on Discord. So, so many releases aren't up there and stuff. Like, I'm trying right. to organize my shit through Discogs and like translate it from this Excel file, and just it's, <laughs> it's the nightmare of my life. <laughs> the next step uh, for me on Discogs is to track or, you know, to save all my my vinyl releases. I've never really used Discogs in all the ways that it comes in handy. You yeah. know. To you know, keep track of your vinyl collection or just your physical collection in general. Mm-hmm. I've always used it to browse other music and get information. Oh, but interesting! I only recently started buying records off of Discogs, so yeah, I'm just late in the game, I guess. Mm-hmm. And records meaning vinyl, I imagine that right? Vinyl, yeah, I'm a vinyl guy. I love vinyl. Yeah, um, cassettes nice. are cool and they're collectible, but I don't. I'll be honest, I don't listen to them very often. Mm. And that is because yeah. I don't have a cassette player. True. Yeah. Well, I guess you said your parents had a record player, like a turntable, right? Yeah. So maybe that's part of your nostalgia. Maybe. Yeah. It's just, it's cool. And a million people have said it before, but it, it's cool just holding something that big in your hands. And having it a full, is. And then yeah. nowadays you've got these beautiful uh, records, you know, with the splatter colors and it's just... Mm-hmm. A real treat. Picture you know? discs. Picture discs. Yeah. Yeah. I got the Final Fantasy VII picture disc. Um, nice. Like they did an old one and a new one sort of thing. The last yeah. Final Fantasy game I played was Final Fantasy VI. I Ooh, never. Good one. I'm going way back on like Super Nintendo here. Well, yeah, they call, for sure. They called it Final Fantasy III, I believe. Yes. Over in the States, but it yeah. was VI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, was, and then they did like anthology and all that, whatever. Yeah, but um, yeah, six that was great. Maybe it's it's a blessing in disguise that you that was the last one you played because they changed up the, so much shit after six. Like, oh, I know, I've seen it. I, I, I seven I hear was amazing though, but I just I've never 
giving it a shot. Yeah. But, but the just, Final Fantasy, re, uh, as of these days, I don't understand what's going on anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just the early ones were like very tasteful. You know, they were they were charming. They were charming and they were wholesome to a degree. Mm-hmm. The storyline, like in six at least, was amazing. It was a mo- felt for these characters. And I thought that was really cool. You know, mm-hmm. it was a 16-bit, or I'm sorry, was it 32-bit game? Uh, you know, it, Earthbound was the same way, you know? Yeah. God, what a good game. Yeah, I love Earthbound. Okay, everybody, we had a little technical difficulty there. I don't quite know where we left off, but we're going to jump into some music now. (laughs) We're going to play a song off of my favorite record of yours, Dream Sequence. And the song is number two, same as the last album. It is called Keep This. Here it is, everybody. Hope you enjoy.
funny what all three songs you chose were number two there you go we got a theme going on the record <laughs> <laughs>
bombs I'd see it. Oh, really? Yeah. I hate to use the word chorus, but it's not like I can hide it. Not really. <laughs> I'm now I'm now in my car. Yeah. With a window cracked. Some privacy. Yeah. No worries. Do I sound better or, or worse than I, I used to? Or? It sounds great. No no um problems like we were having before. Okay, good. Sounds just fine. Man, where do you get your inspiration to find your samples like so mystifying how much material you work with i just sort of plunder um <laughs> you plunder, know, my plunder my music collection you know at least with um like that song in particular i grew up loving that song by selena and so i really wanted to do something where i incorporated it mm-hmm. and, awesome man it's such a different take like you were saying than your previous record and then the one that follows this one pharma how do you switch between styles so majestically? I don't know. I'm all over the place. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's great, I mean, though. I think it's what fans come to love and maybe expect out of your work in a way. I guess so. I mean, dream sequence fit a conceptual theme mostly throughout. There's a lot of people out there will say that the last track with the uh, Fantano review Oh, sure the you know slow down. Um, yeah, which is actually, it's its own track. A lot of people confuse it with the last actual song on the album, which is The Unconscious Connection. It was meant to be a secret track. However, I was trying to keep it under 80 minutes, so there wasn't a lot of space for just silence. The, the Fantano bit is a piece called The Record Warp. Okay. You know, like the needle drop, the yeah. record warp. Yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of a joke. I was just having fun. But it is probably the most polarizing bit on the whole record. And a lot of people think that maybe it should have just been left off. I sometimes wonder if maybe it should have been left off. But hmm, I don't that's know. a good question, actually, because it's like it's very vaporwave to have it in, especially yeah, when you think about really what he's saying. It's really meta, like is what everybody. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And I guess it is. It was kind of like at the time, I, I think I was trying to get Fantano's attention <laughs> or something. Okay, and so I just thought I it would be funny to uh, give give the vaporwave treatment to a vaporwave review. Yeah, y- you exactly. know, and, that's so meta, bro. <laughs> and it actually did get his attention because there was a I think a a Mew AMA years back, and he talked about it a little bit. He said he listened to the record and he wasn't a big fan of it. Oh. <laughs> he appreciated parts of it, but yeah, I don't know. With pharma, pharma's like a little more erratic. It's all over the place. And there's a number of tracks on Pharma that were recorded pre-Dream Sequence even. I kind of reached back into some unfinished tracks from prior years. And so the tracks are coming from all over. But uh, yeah, I just really just kind of went balls to the wall with that one. Mm -hmm. It hit so many different styles. And it's just, it was what it was. It's a melting pot of styles, I guess. For sure. Uh, and I had, I had another question. Um, do you think you like to change your sound 
from album to album and even, you know, song to song sometimes, because you have such a vast set of tools in your toolbox to work with, especially I mean, as you, as you go from album, album to album, I imagine you're learning new techniques along the way and right. Applying them. Yeah, and, I learned a few things here and there, <laughs> but mostly it's just me having fun with audio. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh from album to album, I do like to switch things up. I do like to change the style, the concept, the intensity, I guess. It's just, uh, it's where I'm at. It's the mind state I'm in at the time. I'm mm. working on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Cool. So, and you mentioned concept there. Can we talk about the concept for Pharma a little bit? Well, the con- concept for Pharma didn't really take shape until I was halfway done working on the album. Mm. It started with a mishmash of, of tracks that I'd been working on. And it all just sort of came together. Putting together an album for me is like, it's like a puzzle. Where does everything fit in? I like tracks to segue into each other. So it's just like this uniform piece of music you can listen to Mm -hmm. in one setting. So that all seemed to take shape like after most of the tracks were recorded. And as erratic as it was and all over the place, I thought the drug concept would be a fitting. you know, theme. There's a lot of, you know, old drug PSAs. Um, a lot of things I sampled, I wasn't even aware of how it was going to be perceived until mm-hmm. after it was done. You know, there's a lot of things I put in there that are very fitting as far as that whole uh, counterculture theme goes. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, it wasn't even intentional at the time of sampling it. <laughs> but the whole thing came together and just seemed like this long crazy ass fucking trip you know with a plenty of ups and downs and certainly uh, a a journey yeah i wouldn't recommend it to anybody that's on drugs although (laughs) (laughs) i've been i've gotten so many so many emails and comments about people who like did mushrooms or lsd or something to pharma and dream sequence and thought it was the most wonderful thing so that's really cool I'm anxious to one day actually try it out myself. Because <laughs> when I was working on those records, I was just smoking a lot of weed is all. You'll be like Albert Hoffman meta style. Shout out to Albert Hoffman because I think, was it yesterday was Bicycle Day? Oh, the yeah. Day before. I don't yeah. know. The anniversary. Mm-hmm. I've got this book that I, I recently bought. It's the, um, the artist who did the... The, the cover to George Clanton and uh, Nick Hexum's recent EPs or singles. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know how I came across this online, but it's an entire graphic novel just depicting Bicycle Day. And I, 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 the, the name of the artist escapes me right now, but the I book is so cool. And it, I, yeah. I, I can't wait to jump into it. But yeah, yeah nice. Bicycle Day. For those of you who don't know Bicycle Day, it's... It depicts the day when LSD was discovered and Albert Hoffman took what he thought was a small dose and then left his little laboratory, went for a bike ride. And that's when he realized it wasn't a small dose at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. What a, what a momentous time in history right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole thing is just, uh, it's really interesting to me because I, I love LSD. I took it a lot <laughs> in my in my teen years, not that I we feel condone like anything like that. We don't condone drugs. Drugs are bad, kids. Yeah. Don't do drugs. Yeah. But 
learn learn from my mistakes. Actually, I don't. What I was going to say is, I don't think it was a mistake. Um, I think it somehow shaped my chemistry. Like, I I don't feel I would be the person I am to this day if mm-hmm. I had not ingested as much LSD mm-hmm. or psychedelics as I did when I did. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's ever worked against me in a negative manner. Mm-hmm. It, I I think it it just boosted my my interest in you yeah. know so many things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It lets you see things from another angle. It's, to put it, it lets you see simply. things from from lots of angles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, illicit substances, what exactly <laughs> is the needle exchange? The needle exchange. Yeah, is a DJ mix you did last year. Oh, that was for a self-titled. Yeah, magazine. Yeah, yeah that was a that was a three-hour mix I had been working on for the better part of a year, and uh, I guess I'll go ahead and just say it. It wasn't originally intended for self-titled. It was um, it was going to be for Resident Advisor. They had reached out to me to do one of their their guest mixes mm. for their podcast series. Yeah, and I put it off for so long that I think the guy I was in contact with maybe just got irritated and kind of left me hanging. I'm a real jerk. No, I just take for I sit on things forever. I work at a glacial, glacial. You know, uh, yeah. As the future sound of London once said, they work to the cosmic timetable. I I sometimes like to reference that because it feels like that's what I'm doing these days. This sums it up. Yeah, but um, so I put together this crazy three-hour mix. It had a lot of Orange Milk um, songs in there. It had a lot of Dream Catalog. It's almost, by the time it came out, it was almost a bit dated um, because I was kind of moving on to other stuff. Um, I mean, Orange Milk is still great, but the whole, you know, the whole vibe of that mix is very much intended for like a year or two prior to when it came out. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think people liked it. I almost forgot I did that mix until you just brought it up. <laughs> but, but that was probably the, the latest, very long, intense, detailed guest mix, mix I've done. Yeah. yeah. I love doing guest mix. I wish more people would ask me to do them because mm-hmm. I have like thousands and thousands of tracks just in the what I call the mix bank that yeah. are just waiting to get some play. Um, <laughs> I could do themed mixes all day, you know. All the time, but I would never get any actual actual work done. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, they're great. Well, thank and you. You, me- you mentioned Orange Milk Records there, actually, for a second. Can we just shout them out for a moment here? Like, how good Let's, is that label? Right. That label is amazing. They, God, they can do no wrong. They can do no wrong. They put out some of my favorite releases, some of yours, DDS. There's one on there. It's got a girl. It's like illustrated. Uh, Oh, Giant Claw. Giant Claw. Yeah, that's Keith Rankin. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Giant Claw is Keith Rankin, the owner and op- operator of Lunch Milk and a fantastic visual artist. Mm-hmm. Damn. Very cool. Yeah, Soft Channel. Check out that album, guys, on Orange Milk oh, Records. Yeah. It's fantastic. Soft Channel. Defo. Defo. Orange Milk Records. Check them out. And check out Halsu Mountain, people. That, oh, yeah. That label is insane. They're still pumping things out. I get emails from them like every week at least. Yeah, I've really been getting into Halsu Mountain lately. It started because I like to go on these binges where I just explore an entire artist's discography. 
like mm-hmm. all at once. And it might take me a week. It might take me a month to do. Mm-hmm. And I decided to explore uh, Goodwill Smith's entire discography. Nice. And, and I love the fact that every single release they put out, there's a disclaimer on there, no overdubs. It's like every single record was recorded just in like in a mm-hmm. session. I wish I was able to pull that off, but instead I, I end up working like a year on a record. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, that's an incredible thing. I certainly forgot about that. Yeah, the like the straight dub or no no overdub rather. I told them if they ever put out an anthology, they need to call it no overdubs. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see if that happens. They should. They got so much stuff. They really they could do a killer anthology. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, where are we at here with the questions? Um, Okay, we did that. Oh, let's talk about. um, I guess it's a little depressing. Because we don't have any live shows right now, but can we rewind a little bit and go back to econ? We can go back to econ, sure. I was that was where we met in person. I got that's a picture right, with right. you. That was awesome. I remember that. Yep. Oh wow, very cool. So, I what was, was what, what was your electronicon journey? Your experience? Well, it took place over the course of like twelve hours, and it seemed to fly by in a matter of just like a couple hours minutes i guess yeah it just it happened so quickly and i will treasure that moment in history for the rest of my life it it was one of the the greatest days ever you know it was one of the it i was so nervous leading up to it because i don't do live shows really Mm -hmm. mesh is a studio project i've always said that i'm not entirely comfortable playing the stuff i do now in front of a live setting and there's a couple reasons for that First of all, I don't have the means to do it, really. I don't use a lot of hardware. I use mostly software, mm-hmm. a couple different programs. And then there's the, the, the whole anxiety thing. Right? I suffer from anxiety. And as I mentioned uh, to you, maybe before we started recording, you know, karaoke terrifies me. Yeah. So just the thought of getting up on stage in front of all these people is terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. But the way it all panned out, was wonderful and there was a lot of saving graces there shout out to mike mazota who did visuals for me we worked on that for a couple weeks leading up to econ one and he did his thing up there and it was fucking incredible and he kind of also served as a hype man which i appreciated you know (laughs) he really because i'm not (laughs) he is a hype man yo He's quite the hype man he was just like let's throw out a bunch of t-shirts i was like okay let's do it let's do it they were basement um, labs t-shirts, but I, I, I think it was a little misleading when we threw out all those t-shirts because I wonder if people thought we were throwing out mesh t-shirts. Right. But you know what? Basement labs is just as cool. So yeah, everybody check out our episode with Mike from uh, basement labs. It's episode 59 on our podcast page. It's a, yes. it's a wacky episode full of crazy, hilarious banter and, he is, is he, I don't know if you've, I'm sure you have, you worked with him, but is he not incredibly knowledgeable about analog he, hardware? Yes. It's, uh, it's impressive and overwhelming to hear him talk about his little box of tricks. Like it's all over my head. I'll, I'll be honest, but mm-hmm. yeah, the dude's brilliant. His whole setup's brilliant and, uh, he's a talented guy. Uh, he's fun to listen to. I did listen to that podcast. Um, yeah. that was interesting. So Sweet. Yeah, 
if anybody, you know, if you need visuals or something, hit, hit the guy up. He wants to work with people, so I need to hit him up again, too. I doubt this will be the last time you see a collaboration between him and I. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. So, yeah, you put you had your performance at Econ. It was f- absolutely fantastic. I go back to the 100% Electronica page all the time and rewatch those um, <laughs> performances. Yeah, it was insane. It kind of went off without a hitch, which I was surprised, just mm-hmm. you know, considering my normal luck. I just kind of assumed like maybe the audio would just crap out in the middle of everything. Like our luck today. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> See, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. But uh, it all went well. And it was just an incredible experience just to meet fans in real life. IRL, you know, this is, it's been such a URL culture for, for years now. Mm-hmm. And to bring all these people in and, and meet them and talk to them was just insane. Yeah. There was a girl that like flew all the way from Sweden to like meet me or something. Oh my god! Was, yeah, it was really cute. I just you know I was That's blown a, away. Oh, that is it's a shame you already had a wife. It's a shame, right? That's romantic. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure my my wife is right there working the merch booth, so I'm yeah. sure she met her. No shame for her. Yeah. I mean, for the, oh, the girl yeah, that traveled. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> but it, it was really cute, cute, though. I. My Electronicon experience was great. I wish I could have attended more of the performances, but I was being pulled in every direction, like mm-hmm. every second. People were wanting pictures and autographs, and which I'm not complaining. That was, you know, my ego was just fucking. Yeah. You know, I saw mm-hmm. a little bit of Telepath's performance. Um, I saw all of Fire Tools, which I wanted to make damn sure I saw. Nice. And that was incredible. Yeah. And I I caught little bits and pieces. I miss George Clanton. I'm so sorry, George. I wanted to be there. Uh, I think I was being interviewed at the time by Stereo Gum upstairs. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like you weren't able to make the second one? No, I wasn't. It took so much just to plan in order to be able to do New York. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was kind of last minute. I've got a full-time job. I work and a family, and so it's just kind of hard to make plans mm-hmm. to fly across the country Most at a moment's notice. That we, that we had you for that time there. I was so happy I was able to, to be there, and, and I did wish you know, I could attend or, or play Electronicon too. Um, I've been watching videos of that, or I did, when uh, Nick Hexum came out during George's performance, mm-hmm. and just I imagine how cool it would be to be in the audience, you know, when that mm-hmm. happened. So it was. I don't know. I'm wondering at this point when Electronicon 3 is going to happen, considering the circumstances. Yeah, it's going to be, it's got to be some online, right? Yeah, I guess so. It's not going to be yeah, the Electronicon same. Electronicon 360 just happened. That could be. <laughs> right, right. No, no. But yeah, I don't know. Well, Vaporwave was made online. I think we can, we can deal with being online again for a little while. We'll survive, yes. Yeah. We, we always have. Mm-hmm. And it's creating all these cool, new, innovative things as well, like the VR thing, for example, or uh, what, what SPF 420 is doing. Like That's some cool-ass shit that yeah. a lot of people are getting into that would... I know nothing about that culture. Like the Tumblr meme, you know, <laughs> fast-paced editing, like obnoxious whatever culture like well, that, I, lo- I love it spf but, um, 420 was doing that from the get-go uh, yes i was attending yeah. those concerts 
when it first started. Holy um, shit. On Tiny Chat. Yeah. And holy shit. Man, that was that was a vibe, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. This was back in like 2013 or so. Yeah. I guess. But uh those were some fun shows. The it was a fun thing to be a part of. Yeah, definitely the golden era. Mm-hmm. So I guess not maybe particularly innovative from them, but it's nice to see it uh lend itself to Vaporwave. Yeah, definitely. It's very fitting. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Vaporwave was born out of the internet. It only makes sense that we can do it. uh, Experience it Mm -hmm. on the internet. Live shows and everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Anything else about Econ? Like meeting artists and all that? Or... I, I mean, what, again, what you did I was, at night, did you party hardy? Oh, I partied. Yeah. By the end of the night, my wife had to like pull me, like I was uh, probably screaming, getting a little loud, uh, talking to telepath, uh, on the patio <laughs> outside the green room. Cause I yeah. had a few at that point. I uh, love but, you, man. <laughs> no, we, just, I love you. we, we, we were all Wayne's getting into some guy. intense conversations back in the green room. Yeah. Uh, oh, I heard that, that sounds like a magical green room, my friend. I wish I could. Oh, it was. I, I guess. Did you see that picture of everybody at the end of the night? At the end of the night. Yeah. I did. Yeah. What an epic photo. It's insane. Hey, can, can you, I, I, I was looking for that photo recently. I couldn't find it. If you know where to f- access it, can you link it so I can put it in the description? Yeah, yeah, sure. There's probably the best copy I could find uh, is on my Instagram somewhere. You might have to scroll down a ways. Okay, cool. Uh, but it, I'll, it's I'll definitely that there. Down. And I can send it to you if you need it. One second. Sure. Okay, cool. Can, can you hear the rain right now? No, sir. Okay. I'm in my car out in the, on the, tra- parked on the street here and trapped. it just started pouring. Yeah. You're stuck here with me now. Yep. All right. All right. So what has been your, um, I keep saying the word journey. I love that at word on this show, guys. Uh, through Vaporwave over the years, you were an early adopter, you could say, of consuming that sort of stuff. Sure. Um, you know, how involved have you been in not only producing Vaporwave, but listening to it over the years and interacting with fans and participating in the community and art and all that stuff like how much of it your life has it consumed and how has it changed for you it's consumed me for the the better of a decade almost now um i live vaporwave not just because it's what i'm working on but the community those are my friends those are who i talk to uh that's most of my fan base Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that I was active, you know, pre 2012 or whenever this all started, mm-hmm. which is fine. You know, I'm just like happy to have people listening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I've been a, an avid listener from the very beginning. I'm not as good about checking out new vaporwave releases, but I do tend to go on binges from time to time. I try to check out what's going on. I, I am more likely to scope out. Um, projects by the artists that I'm already familiar with. And then a lot of people send me stuff too. I feel bad because I can't get to everything that people send me, but I do try and check out a lot of it. So, mm-hmm. what's, what's the best way to contact you as a fan? My email address, my main one, is public. It's on my Twitter, elastic.ocean at gmail.com. You know, I got some fan mail this morning with literally just the subject line. My grandmother dropped acid and hijacked a school bus full of penguins. And that was it. There was no, there was no body of the email. There was just a subject line. What? 
sent from some Outlook email. So <laughs> I, I tweeted it because I thought it was funny. But but that's yeah, amazing. I mean that's fine. Um, I I tend to talk to everybody on Twitter. Otherwise, like I don't know, messaging me on Facebook. That stuff may go on the back burner. I get blown up so much on there that it's hard to respond to everybody. Yeah, so my Facebook is a I, shit show. I apologize to anybody who's reached out to me and I haven't gotten back. I just uh, I'm very slow, slow mm-hmm. as molasses. Getting yeah. back to iceberg style. And your Twitter, style. check out Nimesh's Twitter. I just pulled it up. It's Nimesh Official is the handle. Nimesh Official because somebody already took Mesh. Bastards. Bastards, and they have like two followers. Oh, what a waste. All right, let's talk about anything else about econ, or shall we move on? No, we're good. I just I hope to do it again. I I'm hoping I'll be invited back at some point. You mm-hmm. know, but I know it's hard to tell what what's in the future as far as live shows go mm-hmm. at this point. It's a really weird time, but uh, you know, I do hope that we get another proper electronicon where I could come and hang out with everybody again. That would mm-hmm. be really nice, for sure. And I think you were one of the best choices to include on the bill. I think. Oh, thank you. Oh, for sure. Like everybody that was there deserves to be there sort of thing. But I think, you know, this type of show, because of how monumental it was and how groundbreaking it was, we needed people like that would fly out from Sweden. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just just to see, just to see you. Because it is a global genre, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought another cool thing about Econ was the amount of uh, mesh lookalikes that were present. I know. I can think of one. He's, he's on private suites team actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. Effectuate. Oh yeah. No, I totally, I know who that is. I talked to him during fire tools and said, I'm in a picture with him. Yeah. Um, And I think my wife mentioned at one point she came up behind him thinking it was me. It was like, it was like, Hey babe. And it was like, (laughs) yeah. I think it might have been him or, or one of the other. Maybe. Yeah. Frank Jabsy goes Bal- over. Hey, Balding. hey bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were filming all night and I was totally trying to avoid their cameras. Yeah. I was like ducking underneath them. I didn't really want to be interviewed. Did you get interviewed time. though? Not by Frank. No. Okay. I got interviewed by Stereo Gum. Yes. Miles So was there, which is really cool. You know, I've been talking to him for X finally. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I think that was the only interview I took part in, but, uh, mm-hmm. it's funny, um, before the show really kicked off, my wife was working the, uh, the merch table, the mesh merch table, and mm-hmm. we were set up right next to Dan Mason. And so Frank Job C comes up at like almost the beginning of the official Electronicon feed. If you yeah. go and, and watch that, like within the first 10 minutes, uh, they go up and interview my wife. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> but she straight up just like you know because they're they're, they're looking at all of Dan Mason's tapes and T-shirts, uh, yeah, and asking about it, and she just kind of played along. Uh, so yeah, shout out Dan Mason. You know, I hope you made a few extra sales off my wife <laughs> promoting your stuff <laughs> for sure. He owes you, right? He owes me a T-shirt or something. <laughs> so speaking of econ, we had one uh, gentleman there who was performing telepath. Yes. Uh, we all know Telepath. Uh, you did a split album with Telepath a couple years back. That's right, I did. How did that come about? Well, um, I was a big fan of Telepath's work from the very beginning, kind of before he blew up. And we had kind of played with the idea of doing a split or, you know, a collaborative album. 
at one point, we just decided to do it. And uh, there was no doubt it was going to be a dream catalog release. Uh, but it's almost like two different albums, but we tried to keep the same theme. We had this kind of jungle thing going, if that's not evident. You know, I sampled yeah. a bit from Apocalypse Now and some other sources, but uh, that's yeah, right. we, Damn. I guess you could say that at the time I was really, I was listening to a lot of Telepath and I wasn't necessarily trying to emulate his style. I did my own thing with my side of the split. I've read that, you know, I sampled like all right, my own instruments and stuff like that. That's not so true. Um, it is a sample-based record. Um, but I mentioned earlier, I'm not sure if we were recording or not, I used to listen to that Echoes program on NPR uh, from midnight until six in the morning. And they played mm-hmm. a lot of new age and ambient music. And I used to record a lot of it onto cassette tape. Okay. You know, and these these cassette tapes date back from like the early two thousands. They're pretty old at this point, but uh, I digitized all of those tapes and kind of gave it the vaporwave treatment. I guess nice, a number of man. tracks off there. So that so the killer, tape dude. the tape hiss you hear on there and everything is completely natural. Yeah, because it's all sourced from cassette tapes. Um, I, I know the majority of the artists I sampled and the songs I sampled on there, but there's a few even that I, I have no idea what it is, <laughs> which, which I'm fine with. You yeah. know? I'm almost better off not knowing because I could be less paranoid that way. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I'm still, I wonder I'm how still, common that I'm still is. Worried, I'm still worried that Katara is going to come after me at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I wonder how, how common that is. People just take whatever you know because a lot of albums are written just in the moment like george clanton's um esprit what is it the virtua fighter one oh yeah that one he made that in one day i think in one night did he in one session yeah that's impressive i'm so envious of people who can do that Mm -hmm. i tend to overthink things and spend a million years on projects so yeah I'm like 99% sure I'm going to get slain on that if I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great album, man. One of my favorite tapes. I got the the dual tape, like whatever you call it. I am relocating from my car to the front porch now. Let's do it up. Slow down a little bit. Cool, cool. Now's my one chance. What kind of car do you got? It is a Honda Civic. I think it's a 2015. It's the... Uh, the newest car I've ever owned. It's nice. the only car I've owned in this century. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. I've never owned a car. Really? No. Well, I live in Toronto. Like transit's incredible. So, oh, that's cool. There's no need. I used to drive my mom's car a lot because I grew up in the in the Boons. Yeah. It's super super small town. So, but yeah, there's no point. <laughs> I'd like to have one though, just so I can have a trunk I can store shit in when I go places. Yeah, that's handy. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's nice that they take you from point A to point B. It sure is, isn't it? Ain't Very that a quickly. thing? It is. Yeah, ain't that a thing? Especially when Technology. you have humans to move around, right? Like additional humans, like a <laughs> like a child. Um. Yeah. All right. So, what are we talked about? Your experience with vaporwave over the years. Um, there's certainly been, you know, ebbs and flows with the genre. I think we're in a very stable point now, 2019, 2020. I think we're in a really good, good place right now. 
Mm-hmm. It There's hasn't no. always been that way throughout the years. It hasn't. Like There's, like you said, yeah. It, it's been, a lot of a lot the of ebb and flow drama, been, drama thingies, vapor dramas here and there. Dr- drama happens in any music scene, but yeah. But not lately, but, man. It's been nice. It's been Calm. it's been quiet. Almost a little too All quiet. Quiet, yeah. A little too <laughs> raft. <laughs> right. All quiet on the Western Front. Which I'm fine with. I think everybody's getting along right now. And I think a lot of people have recognized the bullshit that they don't want in their mm. community and have either just been ignoring it, you mm. know. I, what I like to, fine, you to know? call it is just the growing pains of the genre. Yeah. You know? There's been some growing pains for sure. I think we're still in. We're at we're an ad, adolescent, excuse me, still, but uh, we're we're becoming more mature. Yeah, I'd like to think so. <laughs> Who am I saying we? I don't do shit all, man. I just talk to people <laughs> on here. <laughs> <laughs> I do have yeah, a record you... coming out actually, but oh, do you? Yeah, nice. I feel like I, I plug it a lot on this show, but it's uh, uh, with Desert Sand. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm the vocalist and sort of melody writer and lyrics writer for that record nice so it's got vocals any other mm-hmm. traditional instruments or um i don't i can't really say i don't want i i would like deserts um approval on whether or not i tell them tell people if it's sampled or not because i don't actually know okay so he does the music and then you're just doing vocals over top correct yeah okay mm-hmm. word yeah it was a lot of fun uh, so who are some of your favorite people in the community right now in the vaporwave scene? Maybe because you love their music or they do a lot for the scene and they help people out, like, you know? Um, again, shout out to George. I think he kind of sparked sort of a revival um, in the past couple of years. And he's done it in a very professional manner. And, you know, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Like I, the- I appreciate the what's the, like the industry standard level of professionalism yeah i guess so yeah so he's a fun guy to follow um but no i mean i guess just the ones that keep things on a positive note and try and progress the genre mm-hmm. rather than tear it down and there are those people out there yeah you know um yeah they feed off of it yeah there's some buzz kills out there mm-hmm. and what are you, what are your some of your of your favorite songs and records uh in vaporwave or just yeah. in general uh as far as vaporwave goes i'm still kind of a sucker for, for the classics yeah um you know i'm nostalgic for like seven years ago when it started you know oh. the the internet club Vectroid days mm-hmm. you know god it was just it was another time but uh yeah. i long for it know. i wasn't a participant so i kind of live vicariously through like Reddit comments and shit. <laughs> right. But if I still want to like hear some good old like classic sounding vaporwave, I go back and listen to, you know, 18 Carat Affair. For sure. Uh, Internet Club, Contact Lens. God, I miss Contact Lens. Uh, Media Fired, you know, just so much stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I still listen to Telepath pretty frequently. He, he did one of my favorite um, records ever. And it's kind of one of the ones that it didn't get a whole lot of attention, I guess, because mm. it's a it's a side project called Trinity Infinity. Mm. Are you familiar with that? Or? No, actually. Yeah, it was, it was its own band camp and everything, but it's very much in the style of the telepath that we all know. Um, I'm ready. There was a down. record. It's in Japanese. I think it translates to two 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 seven. 
but there is a track on there. It's, it's two tracks and they're each like 20 minutes long. The second track on there, which is called In My Arms, I've listened to that so many times, just endlessly. It's just one of the most amazing pieces of Vaporwave that I've ever experienced. In My Arms. Let me check that out. I may not. It's in Japanese though. That's the translation. Mm-hmm. Which album was it? 2227? It's called... Yeah, but it's in, that's also in Japanese. It's like a four character. There's only that's, three of them, I believe. That's what makes it's, Vaporwave so fun. You have to go digging for your gold. Get your translator ready. Yeah. Yeah, it's, the, the cover, it's got a blue backdrop. There's a girl in the front, kind of like a silhouette. All right. It's possible I do know it, you know? It's hard to remember which ones you know. But yeah, I still check picture. out like um, some of the new stuff that's coming out. Um, Equip, he put out a record on... Alanthus Records, oh, nice. uh, maybe like four or five years ago, called uh, New Gaia. Yeah. You know, it was like a little side project of his, and he finally came out and admitted it with Tim. I kind of knew it years prior to that, and I kept it secret, but that, that album's fantastic. Yeah. Another great uh, label there, too, Alanthus. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Scott. I think it's Scott, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. He might be off Facebook. I'm not sure. This, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, again, I wasn't there, man. <laughs> it was quite a time to behold. Yeah. But I certainly have gone back and, you know, learned everything there is on that label and others like whatever, Fortune 500 or oh, yeah. Beer on the Rug. I was happy to contribute compilation tracks for Music of the Now Age 2 and 3, I believe it was. That's that's what you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. cool. Some incredible albums. I people Shout keep out asking to Luxury me. Elite. Yeah. <laughs> who lives not too far from me. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's up in Lexington. Yeah. So we've met up uh, plenty of times for shows. We, we uh, first met up at Death Grips at Headliners, and we saw Tobacco a couple times together. Oh, sick, man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, she's she's one of my favorites for sure. She's awesome. I'm very excited for the uh, documentary coming up. Oh, me too. Me Nobody too. here. Um, I'm I'm doing a lot of writing for that and A and R, getting people involved and helping with the soundtrack and all kinds of stuff. And when I when I learned, you know, Lux was involved 100. percent I was like, yes, this is this is actually becoming real now. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lux. I love Lux, man. Like that's my favorite classic style right there. I remember World Class came out on Crash Symbols like a year ago or six months or something. Yeah, that yeah, was huge good. for me too. Yeah, it's a shame because she came back and then she kind of dropped off again. Yeah, there was but a single, right? Uh, I'm not sure on Bandcamp or on SoundCloud. Mm, maybe there was. There I was. I don't check SoundCloud a whole lot anymore. Yeah. SoundCloud's kind of. I know there was at least links. one. Well, the next time you meet up with her, you know, tell her I, I'm waiting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just just playing. Um what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, the documentary, man. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. I'm really I'm, excited. I'm so psyched about it, really. Yeah, we got you involved. Well, I'm trying to be involved, yep. Trying to be. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's just I told be... her I'm at I'm at their disposal. I said if if anybody needs an interview or something, I'd be happy to help. Mm-hmm. Sweet man. Um, yeah. We hope you'll be able to help us tell this integral story that needs to be told. I'll do what I can. And it needs to be told perfectly. Like there's Perfect. there's no I'll try room. to be as 
articulate as I can. Yeah, no, that's what I'm kind of like every day. I'm like, okay, I got to get this. I can't, this has got to be like, you know what I mean? (laughs) So many judgmental eyes, but But that's insane. How quickly that they met their goal. Oh yeah. It was, it was five hours, five hours. Yeah. And and I wasn't really surprised either. You know, Mm -hmm. I was, man, that was crazy, but I guess because I wanted it, I was hoping so much that we would make it in a reasonable amount of time. You know, I was like not getting my hopes up sort of thing. And anything that happened is just a bonus, right. you know, cherry on the, on the cake sort of thing. Yeah. If it happens quickly, cause you know, we had a month and now, yeah, we're, I don't know what we're at right now. I think 125% at least of our goal. Yeah. Last time I checked, it was like well over mm-hmm. like 115 or 120%. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. Like hats off to the guys at My Pet Flamingo, seriously. Oh, for sure. And everybody that involved, like there's a, there's a lot of people behind the scenes as well. Oh yeah. Hats off to you. Hats off to, uh, you know, Private Thanks, Suite. Man. Everybody, uh, Music's the Hangout, I think is a... Yeah, John is, is doing, mm-hmm. and also John Zabelli, of course. From John Zabelli, yeah. And uh, Eric Hughes, he runs uh, Sill Vinyl. Right. I've talked to Eric. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, plenty almost in the, mm-hmm. in the past. We, we've got something planned, so. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, yep, there yep. you go. Exclusive little tidbit detail there. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. incredibly um, knowledgeable. Like, it, it, he'll, he'll be a very integral resource as well. He has been as well. So, shouts out to you, Eric. Yep. Um, and Vincent. And Vincent, of course, and Jerome, and Aziz, and Chris, and everybody. Um, If you actually, this is going to be a great time to shout out Private Suite Magazine issue 12, which is going to be coming out right around the time this interview comes out, may have been out already, but I wrote an eight page, uh, like summary of what the, what's going to happen in the film interviews with people, uh, blah, blah, blah. So you can check that out if you'd like to everybody privatesweetmag.com or we also have patreon too if you want to like pick up a physical magazine everything's on the website so check it out excuse me all right let's power through these here i don't want to take up your whole day here oh you're fine okay cool um can we rewind a little bit and go back to your like all of your singles and your dj mixes and your miscellaneous tracks here and there compilations like you have so much going on (laughs) yeah Um, how do you like have the time for that in your life and to have the drive to keep keep that pace up for so many years like 20 years almost like you've said well the thing is i pretty much don't have the time anymore yes i work into the human to keep alive i got a little human i got a family and a full-time job i don't know if i mentioned that already um so it's it's up to you know what I do in the evenings, and I really try to make it count. Uh, a lot of time times I get sidetracked on some bullshit. But uh, last year it was 2019. I spent the the bulk of the year just doing compilation tracks uh, and remixes for people. So mm-hmm. that kind of sucked up most of my year. And I got a lot of good things to show for it. But I do kind of wish I had more time to sit down and focus on writing an album, which is what I plan on doing. You know, I'm in a good position right now. I'm not juggling a thousand projects like I was uh, yeah. you know, at, at the end of last year. So um, hopefully something good will come of it. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sure, for sure. 
any uh, teaser on when you expect that you'll be finished with that project and be releasing it for our eager fans, for your eager <laughs> fans, rather? Uh, originally, me. I was going to try to have an EP. Actually, it's sort of like a mini album out this summer. At this point in time, it may be pushed back to the fall, but uh, I am working on new material, rest assured. Uh, and I've got some really cool collaborations lined up as well. And I'm not Ooh. sure if I can talk about them right now. Spicy. Um, yeah, yeah. But I'm really excited about it. So Nice. So yeah, and there's already an album cover. There's already a name, a title, and everything. So wow. just got to get the music finished. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. That's exciting. And then uh, hopefully after that, I'll be working on like a full length, a proper follow-up to Pharma. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, speaking of not having much time for anything, I stumbled across one of your little projects you started up uh, a number of years ago, I imagine. It was called the Complete Terminal Radio Transmissions. Right. That was such a cool freaking idea, man. Was it the uh, the mix I did I, on, on Bandcamp? Because uh, I don't think so. Here, let me check. Was it called, uh, if, if you're talking about psychic surgery? Yes, psychic surgery. Yeah. So what that was, was a compilation of all these 15-minute ambient mixes that I made for the show Terminal Radio, mm-hmm. which was a, a group of us guys at the Future Sound of London Forum. And we had this uh, ongoing um, radio show. And uh, yeah, it was usually about two hours long. And there would be about... I guess, what was that? I guess maybe about eight of us would contribute um, per episode. We would have guest artists come on there. I, I did this blowout special back in 2014 where I got, um, and I'm not sure how many people we will be familiar with some of these artists, but DJ Food, I got him on board. I got Youth from Killing Joke to do a oh, mix. Shit. Um, Mixmaster Morris, Ishk, uh, and then Future Sound of London wound up uh, contributing to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we used to do these things. It, it ran for about two years uh, back in the early 2010s. But I compiled all of my mixes, my little mini mixes, into a kind of a full length okay. collection. And so that's what that is. Okay. And that explains why there's. It's like an ongoing thing with like yeah, and there are all the chronology. episodes are up on Mixlab. Mm. Sweet, yeah, fantastic idea. I feel like uh, someone with a little more time should pick up where you left off and continue with that. Yeah, well, everybody's got things going on. Life happens. Yeah, good old life, full of amazing. We stuff. talked about getting it going again early last year, but it just never really panned out. Oh yeah, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. We'll keep her on the back burner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another cool project of yours, Warp Zone. Welcome to Warp Zone, a four-hour video game mix. Oh, that, that little thing? Little thing. That got big. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, that, kinda, that blew up. Uh, I was not expecting what happened after I put that out. I don't know what it was. It really captured nostalgia, maybe. So I, I tell you, like the beginnings of that project... I had just been asked by Tiny Mixtapes to do a guest mix. And originally, we just talked about it being like an hour long. Um, and I, I was talking with Sea Monster, aka Clifford Morrissey, about the theme. And I mentioned that I had all these old video game samples and you know VGM soundtracks and stuff laying around on my computer. 
since years back. And I had always intended to do a real beefed up mix of video game music, you know, mm-hmm. and it, I just never got around to it. So I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. and We'll do it for tiny mixtapes. And once I started, I realized that this was not going to be an hour long. There was no way. While I was working on that, I must have downloaded 90 plus video game soundtracks, um, mostly games that I was familiar with from my childhood. Um, it's kind of a, a love letter to my childhood mm-hmm. and, and the, you know, the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, also mm-hmm. a lot of PC games I was playing. Um, but yeah, I just kind of went crazy with that. I, you know, I was sampling video game commercials and, and PSAs and news pieces. I just kind of, uh, and eventually I had to break it out into 10 different sections, 10 mm-hmm. different worlds. That's what I called it. Yeah. Uh, because they all kind of had a different vibe going. And, mm-hmm. and then uh, I had the crazy idea to incorporate the staff members at Tiny Mixtapes into the storyline. So I created this whole story where That's you're, what that tra- is. you're trying to rescue Marvin Lynn, who is the, the editor. Uh, of tiny mixtapes mm-hmm. um, shout out Marvin Lynn um, and yeah so a lot of the a lot of the the writers for for TMT you know were kind of like the players I guess and they met their demise like throughout the mix via like old classic video game deaths mm-hmm. and it was a really absurd idea it was really ambitious but I pulled it off in like a matter of like three to four months um, I just worked nonstop on it Mm-hmm. And we finally put it out. And the, I think the success of Warp Zone is not due to just the Vaporwave community embracing it, but also the the video game, the gamer community. Because mm-hmm. they caught wind of it at some point. And I saw, you know, it was making its rounds on all sorts of sites and, and Reddit yeah. and YouTube. Um, YouTube <clears throat> and, and yeah, it just became this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I never considered it in an album like a canon album but a lot of people do uh in, in my discography mm-hmm. i spent a long time working on it the, lo- the longest i've ever spent working on any any type of dj mix mm-hmm. as far as time put into it yeah i yeah. think well the, the vgm remix culture on youtube is pretty big like in its own right you know like we've got uh game chops and yeah. dj cutman and um, what's his name? Shiroban and other people like that, like the chiptune culture, you know? Which I am totally not involved in and I have no idea who those people are. That you- okay. <laughs> well, they were probably the people to eat that record up, I imagine. But I did sample Smooth the Groove. Nice. Smooth the Groove. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. And Angry Video Game Nerd. Yeah, AVGN. Yeah, nice. and the irate the irate gamer was the the villain of the entire story. Mm-hmm. No one likes the irate gamer, so I figured yeah. it's like he's going to be the perfect villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love how you end. split it up into themes. It's like jungle and city, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, right. They were all different mm-hmm. worlds, I guess. And I still, at some point, uh, rest in peace, tiny mixtapes. I know they're on a hiatus right now. I was in talks with them to make a World Eleven DJ mix. Um, Ooh. You know, years later, and, and, and it wouldn't be anything as grandiose as Warp Zone, mm-hmm. but you know, it would be just kind of a fun little follow up. Be like know? an OVA. Yeah, 
But Warp Zone was 10 worlds, and I was just going to call this one World 11. Plain yeah. and simple. I've got a bunch of stuff pulled for it. Like, I'm considering still making it. But uh, mm-hmm. at this point, it would just be like maybe a tribute to Tiny Man Tapes. Nice. A way of saying thank you for, mm-hmm. for all the support over the years. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Shouts out to them. Yep. Um, okay, what do we got? Another project of yours. A uh, recent project this time, based on one of your tracks from, I believe, Dream Sequence. It's the Mall Full of Drugs remix album. Okay, that's based off of the track on Pharma, actually. Pharma, sorry. Yes, yes. Oh, no, that's fine. But yeah, that's uh, it's a handful. How many remixes are there on this? There's a lot. It's like 33. 20, 20, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thir- 33, actually, if you include wow. the bonus tracks. Crazy. Uh, and there was and there was plenty more I got. I just I wasn't trying to use everything, mm-hmm. you know. Otherwise, it would have just been just you got to call it at some point. Yeah, right? you got to call it at some point. Yeah. yeah. But um, God, I mean, these so many people reached out, you know, and were interested in, in remixing this track, which I considered, you know, Mall Full of Drugs is probably one of the highlights, I guess, on Pharma. Other people might say that. Like I started on that track back in 2010. It's an, it's an old track, wow. sort of, and I spruced it up when I was working on Farm and finally finished it. Um, and yeah, there's just so much going on. It's 10 minutes long, and it it goes through so many phases. There's so many samples, so mm-hmm. many sounds, so much to work with, uh, including you know several verses that I do. You know, I, I do vocals on that track. Um, so I thought it would be a fun idea just to kind of throughout the stems to the community and see if anybody wanted to have a go at it. And yeah. sure enough, everybody wanted to have a go at it. That's crazy. A lot of, yeah. a lot of people on here. I don't know either. We got, well, we got HKA <laughs> fire tools, um, mm-hmm. Ursula's cartridges, but I love Ursula's cartridges, shout out to him. He oh, for sure, man. Thug widow though. Um, I used, uh, some of the remixes, um, of the song that were on the remix album for pharma, which included tracks, man, you know, um, you know, he's a notable tech life artist, but he's one of the front runners of, of footwork music, you know, mm-hmm. he was there from the beginning. Um, I'm curious how you got these stems into the hands or in front of the eyes of all these different producers. Some of the more notable artists like Tracks Man and Humanoid, which is Brian Dugan's of Future Sound of London. Um, you know, I reached out to them when I was working on Farm to see if they'd be interested in remixing okay. a track. Um yeah, same with Odd Nosdom, um, of Cloud Dead fame. Uh, but yeah, they all did these wonderful remixes. And uh, who else we got on here? The There's a lot of confusion over the Obama 420 Shulk remix Yeah, uh, of Left Alone in a Blue Room, which is also sort of a remix of Mall Full of Drugs. But that is the, the longtime drummer. He, he used to drum for a band called Candiria. Uh, and that was a band very uh notable in the new york hardcore scene they're a band out of brooklyn um and they they fused hardcore metal uh hip-hop jazz music the the drummer who remixed the song is a you know trained jazz drummer Mm. um but he just did this incredible drum and bass edm sort of remix which you know wow uh, you know this is this is a guy i've been listening to since i was 14 years old exactly yeah uh, same with Brian from from Future Sound of London. You know that it was a great honor to have him read the track. Mm-hmm. But who else we got here? Um, Daniel Saylor used to be was it Windows ninety eight? Um, yeah, just a, a lot of people. 
just kind of jumped at this. And this remix album is freaking insane. Sorry, I was vaping. <laughs> I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell. I'm going to I'm gonna do the same thing, except it's not vaping. You're a bad, bad boy. I know. Drug don't, full of remixes. <laughs> don't tell Dan Mason. <laughs> Dan Mason to have the cops in my house in like five minutes. That's right. They show up instantly. Isn't that strange? It's like they're they're ready and waiting. They're ready and waiting. All right. But I will say, uh, in regards to Drug Full of Remixes, it is getting a physical release very soon. Oh, shit. More exclusive tidbits on Pratt's... Yeah. Not on vinyl, but still. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I prefer vinyls. Like we were saying before, it's so nice to be able to hold it up. But they, they're so goddamn heavy. They take up so much space. When you have a million of them, it's like, oh, I'd rather get a tape. It's so small and light. Maybe yeah, but at least they're, they're, they're skinny and flat. So as long as you've got a good, nice vinyl shelf or a shelf devoted to it, mm-hmm. just That's cram true. it full. You ever full moved of, full of wax. with a big vinyl collection? I have, but my vinyl collection is not like, it's not so crazy that it's an issue. Mm-hmm. Now, between. My collection and my wife's collection, yeah, we've we've definitely got, um, you know, a few yep. pounds worth. Yeah, a few pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Just a few pounds. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Vapor, sh- tape is, vape is, ta- tape is vape, you know what I'm saying, bro? Tape is vape, yeah. But tape is vape. <laughs> that's going to be the new slogan. Probably, <laughs> Hashtag probably, probably tape is vape. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, let's talk about some of your songs. During my research, I read something very interesting about at least one of your songs, a few, but we don't have time for all of them. And I like to dissect why it is you do this with some of your songs and why you choose to do these things. Tiny tiny classified ads, for example, this song. It's the story of a businessman who scammed people. It's a real story. Don LaPree, yes. Yeah. And then he, I don't know if you just want to take off from here and tell the story. I don't know. I guess I had an idea to sample those old infomercials from back in the day. Don LaPree sold Tiny Classified Ads, which is the name of the track. These were these infomercials that would come on at like one in the morning. And and this was back when I was in like middle school. This is so long ago. And it would come on after like Nick at Night block party summer i don't know if anybody remembers that um but this guy is just it was just a 30 minute long infomercial this guy was sitting in his mansion just trying to sell people on the idea that they can sell these tiny classified ads out of their home and make big bucks and uh i didn't realize it until i started working on this song that he had actually passed away uh, in the past several years and it was pretty grim because uh he got caught up in a lot of things. He was arrested for, for fraud and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, and he wound up committing suicide in prison. Um, like when I read that, it just kind of like blew my mind, you know, because all I knew of him, just these 90s infomercials, you know, mm-hmm. where he seems just like such a happy-go-lucky guy, like very friendly. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I just, it put me in a weird headspace and I kind of wanted to do something with it. So I took some of the news stories and mm-hmm. sampled some of the old infomercials. It was just uh, it was one of those things, just getting getting something out of my system, I guess. Yeah, but, very interesting, man. That's super cool. 
the way your your creative process works sort of like mm-hmm. how do you say how, like how do you write your music is it i'm going to make music on this day and i need to you know allot some time for it or is it you know i i only do it when i have these random ideas right i'm i'm the most productive um and creative i guess in in mornings and throughout the day not so much in the evenings which is unfortunate because as i mentioned i do work yeah. a full-time job a day job yeah um so by the time i get home a lot of times i'm just totally wiped out um so as far as finding the time to like sit down and start writing it's just i've got to be in the right headspace i've got to be in the right mood um fresh brained in the morning is always the perfect time for me to start work on something um but just anymore these days it's just if I can just allot some time just to write some music, I'll try and take advantage of it. But it mm-hmm. seems like lately I've been doing a lot of administrative sort of duties. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I guess some might call it a rut. It's just finding the motivation. That's what I have a hard time with these days. I know a lot of people like to think that this time right now, while we're all quarantined, is the most perfect time to be writing music because we have all this free time. Well, that's not so true for everybody. For sure. Everybody has free time. You know, I feel I'm just as busy as I have been, you know, maybe more Um, busy, maybe more busy. I don't know. It's hard to Mm -hmm. tell. I have been working from home about half the time. Nice. Fortunately. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am fortunate to have a job that allows that. Mm Mm-hmm. So but how's, uh, yeah, how are, how's the logistics of you know taking care of your kid and you know it's like she would be in kindergarten right now, right? So what do you do? She's almost in kindergarten. She's in daycare still. Okay, but she she will be starting kindergarten soon. Okay, but still, um, it's a lot of attention required. It is. It's like I don't really get a chance to get upstairs and sit down and start working on things until usually around like eight or nine o'clock, well after the kid has gone to bed. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I tend to waste a lot of time like filing away music and working on spreadsheets because I'm a huge spreadsheet nerd, apparently. Like you know? what do you do on spreadsheets? I track everything on spreadsheets, just data galore, all sorts of things. Just um, and a lot of this is very much OCD tendencies. And, and that's unfortunate too, but it does suck up a lot of time. Um, do you know, know how to program? Like do you use Python or anything? No, I'm not. No. no. Oh, okay. I'm a di- not the best at, very at Google interested spreadsheets. In, in data, which is, uh, you know, if you know Python then and you, and you like data, then it's like they kind of go hand in hand. Maybe it's something I should look into, or maybe it's something I should avoid. <laughs> yeah, just stop making music altogether. Python yeah. only. <laughs> I can see... You can see my like the, the history of Mesh. It's like he gave music a break back in 2020 to work full time on spreadsheets. Yeah, he went on the Private Suite <laughs> podcast, and it all went downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. It's the most pathetic, pathetic end to a music career ever. <laughs> yeah, spreadsheets are cool, man. They're pretty powerful stuff. It's how I, I keep. Track I wish of I was as disciplined with them as you seem to be. It it has its perks, but again, it takes time. You know, you know any other artist is probably not doing <laughs> this and they sit down at night and start working on music. Well, I've got to go get all this administrative work out of the way. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, it's like, uh, fucking tired. Got to work yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> it's like you <laughs> it's have like, to 
compartmentalize the different parts of your yeah. production process. Yeah. So I'm still working on finding a balance. It, it's been a never ending battle. Mm-hmm. But, well, we thank you yeah. for it, man. I will. I'm happy, happy to at least, at least have a back catalog that people can explore if they're, they're waiting on quite, new material. Quite a large back catalog. Yeah, yeah. Should keep us a little busy for the fans during this pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I was a bit more prolific back in the days when I could just get off of work, come home and just jump straight into it and then work, you know, into the wee hours of the morning, just yeah. nonstop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things change. Life happens. And- yeah. You do what you can. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I know. So, like, I like to try to think of things as like, you know, what about the other angle? You could say that you're lucky to have taken advantage of that time you did have before things went to normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the current state of things is that's actually what most people have to do. And if you get get the time and the opportunities and and look for them and you know go ahead with them when when you're younger, then you know, I don't know. I have a lot of regret about not doing that to my fullest. Yeah. So yeah. Well, Short tangent there. Um, <laughs> so I have a question from a fan of yours, if you don't mind. I have a fan. <laughs> At least one. Not That's me. That's good. Uh, <laughs> so he'd like to know, and if you're not comfortable answering this, that's fine. If you oh have boy. any more plans for your zone eater material or similar yes. music plans, because yeah, he I mean, loves that tape you did with Sea of Dogs. Oh, thank you to whoever that is. Um, yeah, Zone Eater is a fun project that I started back when I still sort of had time to do side projects. And yeah, I do plan on getting back to that at some point. Um, I, I don't know how soon I'm going to start working on new material. You know, it'd probably, if anything, it'd probably be like an EP or something. And, and there's actually a number of artists that I would like to collaborate, maybe do another split with. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, more than anything right now, I keep hoping people will hit me up to do some Zone Eater DJ mixes because I've got this like entire backlog of material that I'm just waiting like to mix, you know, do some Zone Eater guest mixes like mm-hmm. I did for Mantis Radio. Um yeah, it's just one of those things. I wish I could be working on Zone Eater, and I wish I could a billion other things. It's just hard to find the time right now. So for sure, man, it's it's a matter of prioritizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To answer your question, I will be coming back to Zone Eater. That's it, you haven't seen the end of it. Nice man. Good to hear. I'll let him know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Maybe he'll be tuned in. Yeah. No. They'll. They're. They're a listener for sure. Um. So we're pretty much getting to the end of. Uh, the interview here uh there's a couple things we can talk about if we have you know if you if you want to get into them sure. one of them being saint pepsi versus lacrosse 8299 <laughs> i know you had a hand in that i had a hand in it yes mm-hmm. so what, i had the what the is that exactly thing. and what was the that, inspiration t- to do it so Ah, God, when was that? Like 2015, something like that? Yeah, something um, like that. I was working with the artist uh, Otto or Hoysa Otto, I'm sure you're familiar with. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, we had been collaborating a lot, and we just had the idea to just do this kind of like shit post record, you know, just a, just a parody type of thing. Yeah, and which is common. Like, we've seen those. Yeah, and he, you know, I'm going to tread lightly here, here because this this whole thing upset a few people. Um, oh, okay. But it was going to be a split, right? 
And so his alias, which I, I don't think it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's common knowledge now. I hope it is. Oh, pizza. I'm not trying to throw him under the state pizza. Yeah. Sorry, not pizza. Yeah. I shouldn't say pizza because that's PZA. No, that's no, wrong. this is different. This is St. <laughs> yes. Pizza, but yeah, this yeah. was uh, Zach's thing. And uh, yeah, he just kind of like sampled, I guess it was the first Skylar Spence record. Mm-hmm. Like the, not the first St. Pepsi, but the Skylar, the Skylar Spence record he put out. I guess that, that was what? Prom King? Yeah. Yeah. There was no, you know, bad intentions. <laughs> When we were talking about this, it was just a, a, it's a way a to fun, waste time. Yeah, as a fun little joke for the community. Here's something yeah. funny today, kids. <laughs> right. And so, like, I guess he kind of sampled, I don't, I don't know if he sampled St. Pepsi. I guess he's sampled or, or, or uh, Tyler Spence tracks and just kind of added fart noises to it. <laughs> yeah. Which sometimes not every, not everyone was like a fan of. Yeah. Because yeah. the album was called Potty Queen. Yeah, that's right. Right. Well, anyway. Uh, and so my half of it was lacrosse, uh, which what is it eighty nine whatever it is. It, it was yeah. a it was a spoof on on Mac, Macross. Macross is that how yeah, you say it? You got it. Yeah. Okay. But it was sports themed because get it? It's lacrosse. So like I sampled Hey-o. a bunch of Macross songs, <laughs> but just but just intertwined all these sports samples. They were all sports themed, and it was really silly. And I thought it was a fun little project. So we put it out for free and uh, a couple people got upset, maybe offended with it. Um, Funny of which none of the artists that we were spoofing on got upset. As far as I know, Uh, Matt Cross like wound up retweeting it or reposting it. He Mm -hmm. thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, As far as I know, St. Pepsi Ryan was cool with it, but Mm -hmm. it was a couple other people that he was friends with. The gatekeepers thought, thought thought maybe it was kind of a dig at him, which it wasn't. It was never intended to be a dig at anybody. It was just a parody record, you know. That's that's the internet, man. People just the, yeah. It was just a fun little thing. So I don't know. It kind of caused a riff for a while, and mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, you know. And I never saw that panning out the way it did, but yeah, it's there. It's on the internet. It happened. Yeah deal with it's, it it's funny it's i'm glad you guys kept it up it's part of the great his, history of, of vapor and vapor comedy <laughs> i guess uh it was back when like there wasn't a whole lot of parody uh records being done vaporwave parody records so. didn't hke do one? Oh god i mean i'm sure he did countless yeah i think he didn't he do blank blank goofy uh yeah i believe that was hke yeah yeah Blank Goofy, yeah. So there you go. I, I don't, I don't think Blank Banshee got all up in arms about it. It was just kind of a silly thing on the internet, you know. Exactly. It's like we want. We're so bored in vaporwave. Like we're all. <laughs> that's why we love vaporwave because it's it like it it stimulates you. It hits that um, dopamine receptor real good, right? Like constant. All these exactly. things changing all the time. New shit coming out and like nostalgia and. The obnoxious stuff, like I was saying, with SPF 420 and all this crazy <laughs> art, and there hasn't been yeah, anything, at least recently, that's been like, "Wow, that's hilarious!" Here's like a thing everybody can talk about. It's more like, "Here's the new album from somebody. Here's a live show. That's all we're getting. Yeah. We need." Yeah, stuff you know, like we were that. just uh, we were just trying to you know spice things up, I guess. Yeah, make it nice <laughs> and spicy. Spicy makes the Saint Pizza was the flavor of the day, I guess. It was a spicy pizza. It was a spicy pizza. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of funny, but, mm-hmm. and I think Ryan was okay with it too. Yeah. Um, he didn't seem to, when I talked to him about it, didn't seem too bothered. We've talked since plenty. I'm, I'm good friends with him. I love that guy so much. That's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Shout out Ryan. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you had listening a, to this. You, you got to say your hellos and stuff at econ. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We hung out plenty. Nice. Yep. Sweet man. Well, you got anything for me? Anything you want to talk about before we go? Or um, no, I guess I could uh, hint at a few things that are on the horizon. Please do. Um, I don't know if I should just come out and say it, but there's a lot of physical releases in the world. Um, for fans of new wave hallucinations, you're gonna have a new way to listen to that pretty soon. Nice. Um, new for way, fans new way. Of- for fans of Dream Sequence, you're going to have a new way of watching that soon. Ooh. As in a full-length movie. Oh, what? Shout out, shout out Maggie, a.k.a. Ben, a.k.a. Magnus Prophecy, uh, who has spent years working on it. And uh, it's, Dude. I believe, completed. What? And we're in talks to get a VHS. Dude, going, this, so. that's crazy. Yeah. And, and I've seen it multiple times. It's fantastic. And I could tell you the extent he went, like he, he must have purchased, I don't know how many movies dug up so many like commercials just to where like he can, act, these commercials and stuff are playing in sync with the samples mm-hmm. and these movie <gasps> clips and everything. And it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Holy shit, man. Um, yeah. So hats off to him. Uh, Maggie, thank you. And wow. uh, yeah, we'll all be seeing that pretty soon, I think. Wow, man. And then uh, Drug Full of Remixes, too, is getting a physical release as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Great. Exciting and stuff, that's, man. That's what's going on, I think. Did I leave anything out? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> see. Oh, I, I did. I did, actually. <laughs> Pharma. Ah. Yeah, Pharma. You're going to get that on vinyl soon, too. Wow. Crazy, man. Yep. Probably wow. all by the end of the year. Yeah. To be honest. Wow. So yeah, there's that. And then I'm working on new music and who knows at the pace I'm going now in three or four years, you might be able to hear some of it. Maybe we'll get a taste. <laughs> yeah. I'll put out a single soon, but then the album won't come out for like another three years. Yeah. Final Fantasy seven remake style. There you go. <laughs> I'm talking about that game too much on this show. So you got any uh, any shout outs you want to give? You've given a lot, uh, but feel free. Uh, who, should, who else should I shout out? Um, shout out everybody who uh, listens to Mesh and continues to support me. And I really appreciate that. And shout out to the entire community. You all are lovely people. Nice, man. Well said. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that's going to do it for us here at the private suite. Thanks everybody for listening. Mesh, where uh, you already said it, but we'll say it again. Where is the best place to pe- for people to go to find your stuff? Uh, I guess I would direct you to my Bandcamp, which is Mesh. That's m m e s h. dot Bandcamp. dot com. That's where you can find pretty much anything. Uh, you can visit SoundCloud. dot com slash Mesh. You know, it, nobody goes to SoundCloud anymore. But if that's your thing, then go for it. <laughs> nice. Uh, there's plenty of mixes up on Mixcloud, which I believe is just like mixcloud.com slash mesh. Um, otherwise, just hit me up on Twitter. Uh, hit me up on my email, last.ocean at gmail.com. Send me something stupid and I'll read it. 
Yeah. Like the one you got today. The ones, yeah. <laughs> I took acid and my grandma's shooting up or something. something I don't know. All right, bro. Well, it was a fucking blast having you here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. No problem, man. No problem. I hope you, I wish you the best with the rest of your day. Thank you. Anytime. And yeah, be well, dude. Uh, Looking forward to your new music and we'll be in touch. All right. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Thank you. All right, man. Stay funky. Stay funky and stay safe. Thank you, sir. All right. Peace out.
겨우 하룻밤의 시간이 흘렀을 뿐이다. 하지만 내 앞에 있는 너는 어제와 달랐다. 
Yeah.